Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 34. In this episode, Amy and I are going to briefly discuss military records, where you can find them, what you're going to find in them, um, some things good, like that. Lots of good genealogical information mm-hmm. can be gleaned from military records. Yes, they can. Even on women in your family. Yes. As a matter of fact, yes, that's true. But first, before we get started... What wine do we have today, Penny? <laughs> so it's the end of summer mm-hmm. and getting ready for fall, though it doesn't feel like that at all here in Florida. We're going to finish up the year with a rosé, and this one is La Cabane au Wiseau Bordeaux Rosé, and I'm sure I, I hope pronounced that, that one. very poorly, but it's a 2015 bottle, and it's it's really pretty. It has a kind of a real summery label, um, the houses on the stilts and the seagulls over the water. It's just really refreshing. It's a very light rosé, um, delicate. It has um, a deep, deep pink color with notes of red berry and a spice-infused finish. And yeah, it's, um, it's very good. Yeah, it is very good. Mm-hmm. Always love rosé in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Very refreshing. It's great to drink while podcasting very as Very well. French, so I like it. Yeah. All right, but now we're going to talk about military records. Yeah. So what, um, we're talking about Americans. Yes, for the most part, yes. in these wars. Yes. So what wars are we talking about? Well, okay, so you probably want to know, did you have an uh, ancestor who fought in a war, and what are your options to look for? Um, so just to break it down quickly, um, you've got from 1755 to 1763 are the French and Indian Wars, 76 to 83, Revolutionary War, which most of us like to look for, um, 1780 to 1890s are Indian Wars. 1812 to 1815 is the War of 1812. 1815 are the Barbary Wars, which a lot of people don't think of to look there. Um, 1846 to 48, the Mexican War. 1861 to 65, Civil War. Most of us do look there. Um, mm-hmm. we can find somebody in our family that fought on one side or the other. 1898, the Spanish-American, 1917 to 19, World War I, 1941 to 45, World War II, and then more recently are the um, 1950 to 53, Korean, 65 to 73, Vietnam, 1991, the Gulf Wars, um, starting in 2002, Afghanistan, and 2003, Iraq. Um, But we're concentrating mostly on the very earlier um, the earlier ones up until probably World War World War Two. Although, mm-hmm. if you have a um, an immediate family member who died in one of the later wars, mm-hmm. you can with I believe if you have the death certificate, you can obtain information on their service record um, through the Freedom of Information mm-hmm. Act. And there's actually forms online um, that you can um, fill out and then send in. And most of the earlier wars I mentioned, the age range for enlistment was 16 to 60. But, of course, we all know that our ancestors lied a lot. You know, Absolutely. younger men wanted mm-hmm. to get in on it, so they Absolutely. said they were older. Mm-hmm. Um, Keep that in mind. There's also another war that uh, that uh, many Americans 
fought in, and actually I had a third great grandfather who fought in it, and that was the war for uh, independence in Texas. Oh, of course. And he was actually, he was from Pennsylvania. He joined up um, a group and they all, you know, he was a teenager, rode down to Texas, fought for Texas independence in um, 1836, 37, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, was awarded by the Republic of Texas um, some bounty land for his service. Awesome. Yeah, so, I forgot about that one. Um, you need to, so check the, if your ancestor did that or you think that they might have been mm-hmm. involved in that, then mm-hmm. check with the Texas State Archives. They have all of those records um, online. That's perfect. And digitized, too. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, things that you need to know before you're looking is what state did your ancestor live in? Mm-hmm. That's helpful, mm-hmm. although they might have signed up with, um, if they're close to a border. A regiment in the state next mm-hmm. door. Don't just stick with that state, but Correct. look, use your map and look where mm-hmm. they're located. Mm-hmm. Um, and check ages too. Um, yes. Because there are the many stories that our ancestors or families have told about so and so, you know, great grandfather who fought in this war. But check that time period to make sure he was even eligible or, right. you know, in that age range. Could be, be somebody with the same name. Mm-hmm. It might be, I know when my family, we've got, or my husband's family, there's two. Daniel Bonowitzes that both mm-hmm. fought in the uh, Civil War and just trying to keep mm-hmm. those two straight, you know, knowing mm-hmm. which one was in what regiment mm-hmm. helps keep them straight. Sure. If you are um, wanting to look at military records because you want to join uh, something like the National Society Daughters of the American Revolution, mm-hmm. uh, the first thing, I mean, of course, they have um, lists of the patriots already proven on their website that you mm-hmm. can go in and check. Um, but also check um, the list of loyalists in that mm-hmm. particular area because there's been a couple of times when um, I've been helping someone with their um, their papers for DAR and I've looked on the on the loyalist list and there's their ancestor right then and there. Mm. It doesn't necessarily just qualify you, but what you're going to have to do is find out, find service for that particular ancestor that was in favor of um, the Patriots. Yes. And uh, rather than, you know, as long as the last documented evidence you have shows that they were supporting the patriots uh-huh. then you should be okay wow so but check that too all right so what documents are we looking for when we are researching military records well what we're going to be talking about today i think mostly are the original documents the primary information mm-hmm. there are a lot of published um compilations out there biological of uh, biological by biographical compilations um from um the Revolution and from the Civil War. There's um, any genealogical library will have volumes on, mm-hmm, on those, right. and those are great yeah. places to start. Um, Virgil White, um, everyone's familiar with his numerous publications on pension indices and um, some uh, genealogical abstracted information from the records, which was a wonderful resource until the age of computers, and now we're able to go online and. Um, get a lot of that information but his um uh, his publications are always um, good to use if you're in the mm-hmm. library check those out as well but we're talking mm-hmm. about compiled service records we're talking about selective service draft card um information bounty land warranty uh, warranties and um, pension applications and then the southern claims commission records okay so let's so. dive in there and give us a start off with the um the um, compiled service records. All right. So compiled service records are just um, the records that are based on military service in the U.S. Army 
for regular forces raised by the U.S. government before uh, 1912 for enlisted men and 1916 for officers. Uh, and then the volunteer service during revolution to the Philippines insurrection from 1775 to 1902. Um, and this is really um, records that are um, in the possession of the um, National Archives okay. in uh, Washington, D.C., for the most part. Um, you can get copies from NARA online, or you can make a place an order for them um, for these early records. Um, Anywhere from thirty dollars to about eighty dollars for um, for them to to research that and then pull those records for you, but then you also need to check out Fold Three and Ancestry. Both. Yes, yes, Fold Three is such a such a great resource too. It is, and, and in fact, I think I've told this story before. Um, the first time that I went to the National Archives in Washington D.C., I wanted to see the um, a pension ref- record for a Revolutionary uh, War uh, patriot. And the first thing they did was they sent me over to the computer and set me down and put me on full three. I could have done this at home. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Because you're not going to be able to actually touch those pension records Mm -hmm. from the revolution. Mm -hmm. They've all been digitized and they've all been uploaded. Yeah. So you can just get all of that that those records from uh, Fold Three. Yeah. If so, you don't have a subscription, you can go to the library. Yes, of and course. And they have them for free there, so you can just download them mm-hmm. to a thumb drive, and then take them home. And do your online research thoroughly first before you make a trip somewhere, um, and put out that clearly expenditure. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, because if that was the only reason I had gone there, I would have been really disappointed <laughs> for sure. Um, but the information, so what information are you going to find um, in these records? Penny? Oh, well, <laughs> the information, you're going to find the rank, you're going to find their unit, uh, the date they mustered in and out, um, and it could be repetitive if they had multiple tours, mm-hmm. um, any hospitalization they had, if they were captured, if they died, any pay vouchers, and um, possibly their physical description. Mm-hmm. Right. So you might know what they right. looked like. But I always like those tall, medium, blonde, brown, you know, like, feel a more specific. <laughs> True. And it's not going to be a lot of information. It's basically just a little mm-hmm. card. Yeah. You know, it's just a little card. Um, and if you want to delve deeper into the service of that particular or how that particular um, regiment um function and then you need to go into that military history of that particular regiment, regiment. and then mm-hmm. see if your ancestors name happened to be mentioned there so right um you're probably not going to get um birth date information you you're only going to get where they they mustered in so probably someplace close to home mm-hmm. as you mentioned again, yeah. yeah you mentioned earlier you know if they were living near a border they could have gone across the border to another state and yes. enlisted in that other state. So yeah, and again, we're talking about um, for the most part the U.S. Army, um, although they do have Confederate records as well. Um, but we'll talk about Confederate records when we get down to pensions because they will not have the pensions okay. there. So, um, so yeah, you're going to be able to get some information from that. Um, so the next one is service records from 1912 to 1960. So these will be um, the the two world wars mm-hmm. and Korean War. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there was a fire um, in 1973, and that destroyed about 80% of the U.S. Army records. 
So if your ancestor fought in World War One, World War Two, within the army particularly, and keep in mind that there was no air force at the time. So, uh, for instance, I, uh, my late husband's ancestor, uh, grandfather actually, was in the U.S. Army, but in the air division, and his records have been, were destroyed. Mm. So, um, you will be able to get the so D- frustrating. It is. Yeah. You will be able to get the DD two fourteen, which would be their. Um, the form that they get at their discharge. And that kind of gives kind of basic information, birth date, where they were born, um, the um, any medals that they were awarded, their rank, um, discharge information, if they were honorable, general, uh, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, okay. um, But you're not going to get much more than that. There's probably not going to be any relative information on that. Just confirming that they were they did serve. Yeah. And, and that's about it. Um, I think you might have a little bit more luck if your ancestor was in the Navy. But, um, again, the Freedom of Information Act, you can always use that as long as the ancestor is deceased. Or if it's someone who's living, you know, your husband, your father, your grandfather, they can apply mm-hmm. for themselves yes, and, get their, and they get their information. Yes. So that would be um, good. Draft records. Those are the best. And you can get those on, um, a lot of them on Ancestry, um, and they'll pop up. And they will have, they're they're little little cards like you had mentioned before, and have sometimes the physical description as well on there. They do the, um... Address. The World War, the World War One. Mm-hmm. They have the, the cool, you know, yes. and it says that they have any scars. Sometimes they'll have the scars yes. or something like that, or, you know, missing an eye. Where did you know? that come from? <laughs> right, right. Um... The nice thing about those is it does have the birth date, complete birth date, mm-hmm. and um, their name, and then um, the nearest relative or yes. something like that. So Another clue. Another and, clue, right. And it might be a name you recognize, and it might be a name you don't recognize, mm-hmm. and then if you don't recognize it, mm-hmm. you figure out who that person is. Right. It also gives you an, an, an idea of if they had been married, um, mm-hmm. if they were married at the time, or if they, you know, if you're trying to figure out when did my ancestor get married... Um, you know, yes. that'll give you a clue. Is it, was it, yeah, should I be looking before or after that date? Um, um, you might, you might find even like a first wife compared to somebody you thought they were married true. to. Yep, that's very true. It'll give occupation, employer, I believe, um, citizenship status. Mm-hmm. Although I think that I might, um, that's important to take a look at, but they could be a little dishonest on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they may say naturalized, um, citizen and they may not have completed the naturalization process right so you know you know don't be frustrated if you start looking for naturalization records and you may not find anything they may have fudged that a little bit I yeah don't know. um especially during world war one for instance my grandfather he was born in germany and his citizenship was actually taken away from him during that time period mm-hmm. because of the anti-german sentiment so um he didn't he wasn't even allowed to fill one out but um yeah, that's a yeah. shame so um, but those are really good. One of the things that the other thing that I have used that uh, those World War One draft records for was trying to determine um, two men with the same name in New York City who lived in New York City who were born both in like 1892, 1893 and trying to figure out which one they were in the census records. So because the World War One draft cards have the address mm-hmm. where they're living. I was able to use that address and track them down in the census. For instance, the 1920 census, they were still living in the same location, and then mm-hmm. I could fill in the rest of the family yeah, from that information. Yeah, so you know which one was which. Right. That's so awesome. not only does it have the genealogical information, but also start tracking those addresses mm-hmm. and might lead you to other family members. 
So that worked well for me in that instance. That makes me think of totally mm-hmm. off topic for just a second. Um, I was just in Washington and we did uh, went to the International Spy Museum, mm-hmm. which was really fun. I thought it was fun. I failed miserably at the fi- spy test because oh, you, you did? have to, yeah, you sign in you, just for fun. You can sign in and take a like a personality, and mm-hmm. you have to memorize all the stuff about them, and you then you have to present yourself and remember all that stuff, of which I miss several key points but then they give you a mission <laughs> you go through this whole museum and at the end when you check out you have to sign out and give mm-hmm. your mission if you accomplished it no <laughs> you didn't accomplish your mission <laughs> couldn't even remember what the mission was it was so bad anyway <laughs> it, this just makes me think of not spy stuff, but, you know, just doing that private investigation. Absolutely. You are an investigator yeah. and using every one of these little clues mm-hmm. to determine who it is you're following and, and right. find out about that's, them. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You're not just looking at birth date and relationships, but you're also gleaning every piece of information yes. out of that document to, to try and help you track down the next clue. Yes. The next piece of evidence. Right. That it's like a support. scavenger hunt to the, to the <laughs> end to get your... The answer to the question that you are searching. All right, let's move on to Bounty Land. Bounty Land. Bounty Land. Yes, something I've not used ever. So yeah, Bounty Land warrants are um, applications filed based on military service. um, Usually, for um, they were awarded from by the federal government um, for the Revolution, for Revolutionary War service, for War of 1812 service for service in the Mexican War, as well as the numerous Indian Wars. Um, they can be found um, through National Archives um, from 1775 to 1856. You had to have service through 1855 in order to qualify for, for the last of the um, bounty land um, through the federal government. Um, and great... Um, way to look at digitized records is going to the Bureau of Land Management, General Land Office, and they actually have uh, a database there. And you check which state your ancestors served in or which, you know, wherever the land was at. And um, you can actually pull up the, um, the bounty um, warranty uh, warrant that was awarded to your ancestor. So I would definitely check there. Um, but keep in mind that just because your ancestor was um, given some land um, does not mean that they actually lived on that land. For instance, my ancestor who fought for the Republic of Texas, mm-hmm. he was given, um, you know, whatever it was, a square mile of land in Texas. And he hired an attorney and sold the land in Austin. And he never <laughs> lived on it Never at lived all. there. He huh. just took the money, went back up to Indiana bought a farm and settled and lived up there his entire life uh so and a lot of times people will use these um for instance here in florida um when the territory of florida opened up in 1820 uh, many people were getting uh, land here and um their genealogists or family researchers want to use that as proof that their ancestor was actually in this territory at that time and it's not proof that your ancestor was in the territory. It just proves that they were given land there. A lot of time, they just flipped it and sold it, took the money, yeah. and stayed where they were. Yeah. So you need to follow up by looking in the census records to see if your ancestor is actually in that location in the next census after they were awarded that um, land. So 
Um, but you're going to find very basic information. You're going to find the name, their name, their age, um, the place of residence when they applied, the number of acres that they were awarded, and the location of the land that they were that they were awarded. So um, again, you can start tracking tax records in that location to see right. if they paid the taxes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different ways that you can be when if they sold it, you can be looking in that county's land register to see when they sold it. Yeah. Yeah, another good resource. Um, state archives too. Some of the states. Um, now that was just we we're talking about national, um, the federal government uh, land. But um, some of the states also awarded land for service to the state. Um, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia uh, for the Revolutionary War service. Okay. So you need to check um, the state archives. I know, for, for example, the state of Virginia, those um, bounty um, land warrants are online through the Library of Virginia. Uh, so even though it was a federal... Um, military service. It was. It was actually they were volunteering for the colony of Virginia for this. Mm-hmm. That you know. So mm-hmm. that's why you have to need to look in both. Nice. All right, pension applications. There are favorites. They are you can favorites. Get so much information off lots. of a pension application. Mm-hmm. Lots of information. <clears throat> um, lots of information about how our ancestors were living. Mm-hmm. So, um, where would we find those records? Well, <laughs> um, we are going to find those records at the National Archives again, where you can order them for a fee. Make mm-hmm. sure you have the right person, because when you're paying for that, you don't want to get the wrong file of somebody else by the same name. Um, you can find them on Fold 3, and at the State Archives, we'll have some Confederate uh, records, which are digitized, or you can order them. And the information that you can find in those are, of course, the names, the relatives' names, date and location of birth, marriage, death of the veteran, income, physical ailments, personal recollection of service records, and physical description. You'll a lot of times get letters from neighbors or friends and family attesting to the person's service, and those letters will go into a lot of detail about things that were happening at that time, um, which can give you a great insight to your ancestors' lives at that, at that moment. The, yeah, you, even, you need to look for um, not only, if, for instance, there's um, a family I was researching, and on Fold 3, he shows up as, I knew he was in the Confederacy in Florida. He, mm-hmm. I have his... Um, compiled military service record um, and so I was looking for a um, pension for him and it was very interesting that I, I found it very interesting I could not find a pension for him hmm. for his confederate service because he helped his sister-in-law who was widowed apply for his younger brother for the widow okay. for the widow's pension sure. for him. and he wrote a letter and he was kind of you could just see that he was the one who was getting all the information together for her and helping her try and get her widow's pension for his younger brother's service. So why wouldn't he have applied for himself? Yeah. And then when I was digging on Fold 3, his name came up with an alias. <gasps> and I thought, well, that's kind what? of weird. That can't be him, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I started doing a little bit more digging, and this was my next, my trip, this was the same trip to the National Archives in Washington, D.C., 
where you can actually physically get your hands on the World War, I mean the um, Civil, Civil War, War pension. Union pension records. And okay. so I ordered this pension record under this alias, and it was actually him. Oh. And it's a thick, it was a thick, there's probably at least 175 documents, maybe oh 100 gosh. documents in it. Probably felt and like you hit the mother He explained <laughs> that um, towards the end of the war, mm-hmm. the Southerners knew that they were losing. The Confederates knew that they were losing. And in order to get money, he signed up to substitute for a Union soldier. So he got compensated for being oh, for filling for Union soldier. He was shipped up to Connecticut. He stayed three months in Connecticut, and then he was sent back down to the South because he was um, very familiar with boats and boating, and so he was a part of um, trying to keep um, the once the Union had taken over um, a bay or a port, mm-hmm. trying to keep keep that open. And so he explains all of this. He explains the reason that he used an alias was because he was afraid that he of retribution from his sure. neighbors. He had um, his relatives um, t- testify or give affidavits that he was that they knew him by both names, and the reason that they knew that he was using the alias was because of this. Uh-huh. And um, he talked about all the reasons why he needed this pension, and he fought them for a long time because they didn't want to give it to him, and he eventually did win a oh, pension good. from the U.S. government for his union service, which was probably... Um, there was a cutoff. They had to have been in service... Um, before 1865, and he joined like December of 64, and so they were trying oh, to cut him out okay. of it because of the time that he that he joined. Sure. So um, that was his his problem. Oh. So um, definitely check both because I believe it's not unusual um, from what I have learned since then that these guys would actually you know many of them did switch sides towards the end um, because yeah. you know they they. Saw the light. Saw saw the light. Yeah, they saw that this was they were on losing. They were on the losing end, and you know to get some hard currency. Yeah. Um. So, anyway. Okay. Well, right into that, uh, we've got the Southern Claims Commission, which is also a Civil War. It is, and that's really something that um, everybody should take a look at if their ancestor was living in the South during the Civil War, um, and survived into um, the eighteen seventies. Okay, and that's also found at the National Archives or mm-hmm. Fold 3 and sometimes on Ancestry. Correct, yeah. They have them digitized. Um, I know Fold 3 has a complete file digitized. I found uh, my third great-grandmother had made an application um, and um, in 1872, I think she started it. Uh, and then I know that at least a portion of that is also on Ancestry. But, I mean, this is a 39-page document that my second oh great-grandmother applied for. There were 90 questions that they were wow. asked. And so she, there's an answer to each one of those. They give the 90 questions in the document, and then there's the answers on a separate page. So you can compare. But, um, like, my um, third great-grandmother and then her daughters were both her witnesses. So that would be one of them would be my second great-grandmother. Okay. Another great way to prove a, a name and a relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, within this folder, within this file, because her husband died, um, I think in 1866 or 1867, she had to prove that the property was hers. So a copy of his will is included in this application. Excellent. Had you been able to find that anywhere else? At the um, I had not looked for it, but, th- you know, there it was. Yeah. So, you know, um, I can go back down to the county, Shenandoah County, and see if there's any more information on mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. but um 
it's a great little snapshot of life during the Civil War um, in the South, mm-hmm. as well as um, in the 1870s when it was very depressed. You had Reconstruction going on. Right. Um, now, keep in mind, too, that um, in my, my grandmother's case, my third great grandmother's case, she's trying to get money. And in order to get money, she has to look like she was supporting the union the whole time. <laughs> okay. So How'd she do that? <laughs> very positive. There's a very positive twist on it. Um, and so she, you know, she says that, um, you know, that she's lived in Shandoic her whole life and that she did nothing during the war except feed the Union soldiers when they came to our home. And, but it says that she was bo- where she was born. It says her birth date, birth year. Um, she says that, um, these are the, the items that were taken or that we, you know, were um, taken by the Union soldiers. And, um, you know, it's uh, 10 tons of hay, uh, 95 bushels of corn. Now, these are kind of interesting. 66 gallons of vinegar. Huh. 66 gallons of vinegar. Why would you even have 66 gallons of vinegar? I'm so curious about that. <laughs> 30 gallons of apple butter. Okay. 10 bushels of Irish potatoes and 95 bushels of sweet potatoes. Wow. So, and then there's clothing. There were two good overcoats. And during the questioning, she goes into quite detail on each each of these items. They had to, there are nine total items listed. And, you know, it was always the finest hay. It's the best clothing. This clothing was never worn before. It's the best <laughs> Irish linen. You know, please pay me back for this. <laughs> exactly, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> so everything was the finest and the best, and um, it, it's always. But she's always very. She's very general. It was always General Sherman's army. Okay. But I don't know what the regiment was. I don't. She she didn't go into a lot of detail after that, which didn't help her call, her case. Sure. She didn't bring anybody forward as a witness except her two daughters and her brother, uh, which they found a little suspicious. Why didn't you bring any of the more prominent men in the area to support your um, your claim that you were always, you know? So um, I'm, I'm guessing she didn't get. Yes, was she it did. denied? And it was denied, and um, actually, it does it does stay in there that it was denied because she didn't have sufficient evidence to prove that she was completely loyal. And if you go back, we're going to talk about newspapers in a minute, but um, her two daughters were both married to men who um, who were enlisted in the Army of Northern Virginia and mm. fought under General Lee. So um, I think it was kind of hard for her to say yeah. that. She didn't have a son that fought, but her, and her husband did not fight because they were, I guess he was a little too old, but still, um, yeah. Uh, Looks pretty suspicious. It to was, me, for but sure. it was a great. It's a great, you know, thirty nine yeah. pages of really a snippet into my, yeah. you know, grandmother's lives yeah. and my grandfather's life. So that was really really neat. So definitely look into those southern claims if your ancestor was in the south, um, whether they supported the Union or um, the Confederate Army. So yes, good yes. stuff. And you have a little tip here to save the images as a JPEG. Oh, yeah. So, so um, when I was on Fold 3, it mm-hmm. says, do you want to you know, download the image? Of course, I want to download the right. image. It says, do you want to download the folder? I said, great. Easy. One step. You know, But it came down as a PDF, obviously, because it's multiple, 39 pages. But the images were a little blurry. So I went back and I downloaded each of the 39 pages separately as a JPEG. And okay. they're much clearer, they're sharper, and now I can manipulate them. 
Okay, it takes a little bit longer. It did take a little bit longer. But you have a better, crisper yeah, image. I do have a crisper image, so. So take the time to do, yeah, to get or do both. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was just a little tip um, that I noticed. Okay. Try and get those to where they can, you can really see them well. Okay, so you'd mentioned newspapers before. Um, yeah. Um, get a publication of enlistments and killed in action, home on leave. Right. I, I think that um, those kind of give you an idea of what the community um, was like during mm-hmm. when your ancestor was serving in the war. And, you know, I was just mentioning my third great-grandmother. And there were, I found an article in, um, this was the Daily Dispatch from Richmond, Virginia. Now, they were living in Shenandoah County. And uh, it says, um, from Tomsbrook, which was the little tiny town where they were from, that there was, and this is really hard to read because it's really blurry, but it says that there were 11 Crables in the contingent that left, um, including um, sons from of David Crable, which was one of my, which would have been my second great-grandfather, my third great-grandfather. And uh, so it talks about the number of men who left from this area and how they were the best, most expert um, marksmen in the county, and you know, kind of playing so a trend up this there. Whole, yeah, exactly. The best linen, the best marksmen. <laughs> so what are you saying? That my ancestors exaggerate? <laughs> in anything? I think you're accusing my ancestors not. of something. Of course not. <laughs> I have never meant to talk. <laughs> anything about your ancestors. Oh my gosh, I know nothing. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, and I found this from um, um, the, through the Library of Congress, mm-hmm. their Chronicling America series. So um, I think everyone's probably familiar with newspapers.com. Um, Newspaper ge- archives. Nerd, yeah. yeah. Genealogy um, bank. But don't overlook the National Archives because they've got a lot of good stuff on yeah. it. And I actually found this um, through them as well so um and um do it by you know you can you can look by state which i always like to do um although we did have a friend who found a article on her ancestor from georgia mm-hmm. through a connecticut newspaper because yep. the connecticut newspaper had picked up the the local georgia, the local newspaper, georgia newspaper right which we can't find anymore right but they picked up the story right and so she was able to find the story through the connecticut paper who had yeah. re, who had re, republished so you know you never know start small and then grow out yeah you know because it could be there somewhere yeah. for sure um but you also find you know again um especially during the world war one world war two if the guy the, the guys were home on leave Killed in action. If they mm-hmm. were awarded a medal right. for something, those were usually made the local papers, mm-hmm. and it lists parents' names, lists mm-hmm. where they were, their service was. So, that's all good information. Yeah. So again, my family. I haven't found anybody in my family. In any of the wars. Nobody served. Um, well, nobody served in um, the Civil War that I can find. I do have a DAR. I do have a Patriot. Right. Yep. My patriot donated some beef to the... Some (laughs) beef. They donated some beef. (laughs) But it counts, right? Absolutely. So I haven't found, um, I haven't found, like, proof of anyone else yet. Is your patriot a man or a woman? He's a man. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Not a woman. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So there's definitely some on my husband's side, but... Mm -hmm. But nobody else. Yeah. Not that I've not that I've really found and documented. Not a direct ancestor. Right, I right. do have some great uncles and whatnot, but mm-hmm. okay. not direct. Not direct. Yeah. 
I actually don't have anybody direct since the Civil War. I mean, I had some uncles who fought in World War II. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, my father served in the military, but between wars and my grandfather, he was born in 1877, so he was just too old for World mm-hmm. War One. One I haven't looked at too much is the um, War of 1812, but I know, you know, all that is mm-hmm. getting digitized, and I'm hoping... Fold three has okay, somebody I think will have like over seventy percent now of those pe- of those yeah. pensions, yeah, and those records digitized. So they're doing a great job on that. So. Yes, yeah, so you need to keep looking back. If you if your mm-hmm. ancestor was right. at that right age to fight in um, eighteen twelve, keep keep going checking. Back. Yeah, somebody might pop up. Mm-hmm. And when you go back that far, you've got a bigger array of ancestors to look mm-hmm. for too. That true, um, not just one or two. It's right. like six or ten. You know, quite right. quite right. a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if they're born in you know seventeen eighties. Um, even seventeen early seventeen nineties, yeah. yeah. If I find somebody, I'll post about it. Okay. It'll it probably won't be a blog post because, as you all know, we're we're the worst at blog posting. And there would be you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you know what? I think I have to. I, I, have I to should write one. Yeah. I have to write one. This I shouldn't month. say it's it's you. It's definitely me. It's I'm the worst at blog posting, but you're much more. Um, you're not much more. You are better at it than me at getting it together. But actually. Oh, right. I do better at just little posts on, on social media. You're, than, you're the than social the media thing. guru. I do nothing. So I'll be posting media. it on social media if I find somebody who Excellent. has a military record in my family. All right. So that'll be that'll be homework. So anyway, enjoy finding your military yep. ancestors and keep in mind it could not it's not just the men, but it's also That's the right. women. In this case, in that southern um, the Southern Commission Klein's Commission, it was my great. Third great grandmother. Yes. So that was, it was under her name, not her husband's yes. name. So look under both. Look you under never both. know what you're going to find. Yep. All right. Until next, next time. time. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly and never drink around genealogical documents.